3: On DallasCowboys.com We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek
1: Eagleton. It is Wednesday, April 15th, 2020. Season 16, episode number 5. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live at our homes. We're not the SWBC Mortgage Studios, but we do appreciate them. Uh, for sponsoring our studio, but I got Nick, Dave, Amber here with me. We're talking Cowboys football with you guys for the next hour. Um, Glad you can join us. Uh, Today we got a lot to get into. We're going to talk about this new virtual offseason that the Cowboys and the rest of the NFL will be kicking off here in April. We uh, have some mock drafts. Nick and Dave both put together mock drafts through seven rounds uh, that we'll uh, let them dive into and give us some feedback on what they think the Cowboys will do. And then we're going to continue our position analysis Today we're going to talk about the wide receiver position. Lots of things to talk about there. How's everybody doing today?
4: Good. Great. Great. Good.
1: Good. Good. Let's jump right in. Let's start with this virtual offseason. The Cowboys, uh, at, well, the NFL announced this week um, that teams will be able to start their virtual offseasons. Uh, tell me how that works. Uh, I think April 20th is, is the date the Cowboys can start. What does that look like? What is this virtual offseason going to look like?
4: I think there's a an emoji on your phone that kind of goes like, like that. Like I, I don't know. Like I really, I don't know. I have no idea. Dave might have a better answer. Amber might have a better answer. But like, I just think they're gonna try to do certain things as closely, you know, to what they've done before, and maybe you know, have meetings like this and and at least get the guys to understand the playbook, but. Uh, I have no idea how they're able, how they're going to be able to do this. It's going to be different, and hope, hopefully everybody kind of understands that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I laughed when Derek asked the question, because how on earth are we supposed to know for sure what it looks like? Um, just reading, you know, the league's release and uh, having listened to some interviews with Cowboys players about it, I assume it's going to be a bunch of extensive Zoom calls, for lack of a better term. Uh Get the coaches probably. I would assume by position group and offense and defense. Get them in there and and go over the install for all the different parts of the offense and defense. Um, I think there's a stipulation that <laughs> probably my favorite part is like for for players of a certain experience range, uh, teams have to provide like up to fifteen hundred dollars for workout equipment. So if you remember, we talked about that last week. Like. If you're not this big money guy with his own home gym, how do you work out? Well, I guess the Cowboys are going to send you a Bowflex. So that's that's pretty great uh, as far as I'm concerned. But, I mean, it's anybody's guess exactly how this is all going to work. I Hopefully they can get something you know meaningful out of it.
1: Well, it did sound like from some of the reports I read that, uh, as you said, that players can get this $1,500 stipend that the league or, or that the Teams will provide them in order to get workout equipment, but there will be a classroom part of it where they'll do those on Zoom calls. It sounds like, uh, and then there's a workout part of it that, again, all of this is voluntary, um, as it would be if the Cowboys were in uh, the facility. Uh, but if players choose to do uh, the workouts, the physical workouts, um, the teams can request as well that they would have to have monitor that they could have monitoring equipment uh, that monitors their workouts a little bit. Um, so, team, because I think. You know, for some of these players, there are parts of their contract where they get workout bonuses and the like. So I think some of that's included in this as well. So it looks like there's both a physical component as well as a classroom component to this. Um, Again, still going to be left up to the teams to figure out how exactly it works. But it sounds like there are kind of these two components that uh, that that players will have the option to be a part of.
0: Honestly, I don't think it's going to be that bad. Uh, obviously, this is something that's definitely not ideal, especially when you're talking about multiple people being involved. But me, during this time, I've been taking classes online, and it hasn't been bad. And I've been doing workouts online, and that hasn't been bad either. So given the situation of everything that's going on, honestly, the whole process of it, once they get it going, and it would take a few days to get accustomed. But I think it can be done pretty well, and, you know, I'm not necessarily concerned 100% on, like, these guys learning the book, you know, the new book and then doing their workouts as as long as they stay committed. Because it takes a lot of commitment of you actually going through it and, and doing it, because when you're at home, it's totally different than being in person around people that are doing it with you at the same time.
3: Nice humble brag yeah. about bettering yourself and going to school, AG. Really, I'm super, uh-huh. I'm very impressed because I haven't been doing anything I like take it, that. Dave, you're not doing that? No. Yeah, no, you're not I'm doing not. that, Dave, right? Uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh, I actually, Zach Martin <laughs> well, actually, you know, oh, I'm sorry. Zach Martin actually talked about this, like, last week. He went on one of the NFL radio shows and talked about how they were setting up the the, you know, the frame for them to do Zoom calls and getting all the technical bugs worked out. And Zach is really smart and diplomatic, but I swear he caught himself because he was about to say, he's like, if this was the same coaching staff and the same exact scheme, this would basically be easy. He didn't say that, but I, I, like that's what he meant, is like, if you're not transitioning over, there's not that much to worry about if you're a veteran player. So it is a little bit concerning, like, even the Zach Martins of the world, the all pros and the pro bowlers, like, they got an entirely new language and system to learn um, I'm sure guys like that are up to the challenge, but I don't think it's going to necessarily be easy on anybody to try to learn a whole new way to play You know, remotely. That sounds annoying. I
1: mean, that's a really great point because, uh, and you guys tell me, I mean, how many players are left on this team that have known anything other than Jason Garrett? I think maybe Latticer and Sean,
3: Sean Lee. L.P. Latticer. That's it, right? That it. If it's yeah. not, it's darn close. I mean, close. so
1: so when you start thinking about it from that standpoint, everybody virtually on this team is going to have to adapt to a brand new coach, a brand new uh, well, I don't know, even want to say brand new scheme because I do think if if Coach McCartney McCartney thinks about all this, he may decide that they may want to keep doing some of the things they were doing before. Now with these circumstances in place just from the standpoint of being able to keep some continuity without having those guys in the building
4: i mean they do have a lot of guys too that that weren't here that like they've been with other teams so i mean i don't know if you, i mean you guys said what one or two players that, that have you know known a different coach but you know the, there's just a lot of new new faces here so it's just going to be kind of messing uh, a, a lot of guys in here when you look at every position other than maybe you know, running back, but every every position is going to have some some new guys, some some new faces in here. So, you know, I I think that that's going to be the, the key to this whole thing is getting everybody united on the same page. And you know, we talked about the offensive line. Man, I would like to have Travis Frederick uh right now in a situation like that you know I think he's a what he had two degrees or whatever so if anybody knows how to study and, and communicate and all that I think it, you know he's going to be missed uh at least for this offseason as well
1: yeah interesting thing
4: uh, I think back before all
1: this happened there was a lot of conjecture about Dak Prescott and whether he would be uh, showing up for off season workouts. My question for you guys is Do you think that, or what do you think he will do in this instance since, since it is virtual? And, and does it even really matter? How much would the Cowboys miss him if he doesn't take part in these virtual workouts this offseason? I,
4: I think so. I think they would miss him. And I, I think he will uh, participate. I mean, I don't, yeah, I know he needs to take a stand and he's trying to negotiate and all that, but um, I think, you know, I haven't talk to him or anything like that I don't I don't know but I would imagine that if you're gonna be the leader of this football team in, in in all situations especially one that's turned upside down like this you need to be there and, and I hope he understands that he needs to be frontline front and center uh, you know he can he can ha- he has a contract I mean that he can sign and he, they can pay him what 32 33 million dollars so uh, I think he needs to be there and and, and I would be I would be disappointed in him, if he wasn't,
3: I said this on Dave? Twitter yesterday. Like, I I do. I think it's important, regardless. I think you need your quarterback there, learning the new, you know, the playbook, learning the differences in the offense, getting face time with the coaches. Uh, you know, being part of the workouts, being bought in. I mean, that is is that's one of Dak's best qualities. But I just can't bring myself to get worked up if he's like not not on a zoom call you know what i just it just doesn't feel the same to me as like being in the weight room and like you know rallying guys or like being in the meeting room like i mean i'm sure at some point during this quarantine like you've seen a screenshot of a college or high school class that's on zoom it's like 30 little pixelated boxes of people all sitting in front of different backgrounds. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel as big to me if the quarterback is not part of that as it would if it was like a real-life
4: but, environment. But what would he be doing? Having a party? I, I mean, I, what, what would he What would he be doing other no than this? It. I mean, like, Waiting that, for that's somebody the weird to send part about this.
0: But, here, <laughs> Nick, here's the thing, though. It's like with him, this happened – last year you know he was trying to look for a contract obviously didn't stick it out and went ahead and went through the offseason went through training camp and was there was patient and all that and then you get to this point where he still hasn't gotten what he wants necessarily and then when you look at other guys zeke when you look at demarcus lawrence obviously different scenarios but it, it, it To me, it looks like, okay, maybe this is the only way for me to get what I really want is for me to kind of hold on and and not participate in these kinds of things, even though it might hurt me later on, you know. But sometimes this is the route that you need to take in order to get what you're looking for as far as a new contract.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree with you, Amber, but I'll say this too about what Dave said. I think it still does matter um, that that if he's not there because... Uh, I just look at it from the standpoint of any business right now and any group of people that typically work together. It's even more important right now that those leaders step up and bring the group together, whether it is in those calls whether they're actually doing team-related stuff or just on his own as the leader of this team, being the quarterback. Is he pulling his offensive guys together? Is he pulling uh, the whole team together and just kind of making sure that everybody's holding each other accountable, that we still need to be getting our work done We still need to be communicating. We still need to keep our our relationships intact, right? That's what leaders do. And so him not being there, I think, does matter. And I think it it, it certainly is going to matter in a time like this, maybe even more so than when they are actually face-to-face.
4: You know, and, and I'll add to this, and I think you guys are right about standing his ground and all that. But he also needs to remember this, is that, you know, a wide receiver who's not on the same page as you can make you look bad. Uh, Romo that happened to Romo a lot early in his or early in Des Bryant's career and other receivers as well so it Dez, I mean I'm sorry dak still needs to play at, at a high level I mean even if he just plays on the franchise tag so this is an, an important year for him because if he takes another step back or a step back or however you want to look at it then the money that he's looking for is certainly not going to be there. Um, I think everyone would would realize that Jalen Smith, uh, got the money when he was supposed to last year because if he doesn't do that and he tries to get a deal this off season, I think the, the, his price value would have been a lot different. So it's very important for Dak to have a great year and being a part of these off season uh, workouts, uh, virtually or not, I think is important. I'll yeah, say something
3: about go. I go ahead. Dave. I just I think Dak Prescott cares too much about being great to not work, like. He's he's going he's going to put in the work like he's whether whether it's socially advisable or not, like he's been working with receivers over the last few weeks, probably should do less of that uh, for the time being. But he's putting in the physical work. Stephen Jones said yesterday he's got an iPad. They sent him one for the install. Uh, There's no way he's not going to use it like he cares too much about being good to not work at it. Uh, Whether that means he'll log into these full team activities, I have no idea. But one way or another, I trust him to get the work done, even if he does it mostly on his own.
1: Yeah, that's also the issue, though, here is I think for a quarterback, probably more than any other position in the sport of football, it's, it's very difficult to do that in isolation. You can do the work on your own of learning it but it's it's pulling it together with all the other parts. It's pulling it together with the offensive line when it comes to making uh, adjustments to, to protections. It's pulling together with the wide receivers and the and the running backs and the tight ends when it comes to uh, routes and, and making sure everybody's on the same page with what they're going to do. So I don't think he can really do it as well in isolation as maybe another position could do it, and, and that's going to be the rub here. And that's always the rub when a player decides to hold out or to, to not take part in activities that are in the off season uh for contract response, uh, for contract reasons it's probably the good thing for them to do for their leverage but at the same time it can't hurt them on the field and and we'll see just how much that affects Dak if he decides to not take part in these off season workouts
3: the annoying thing is that you know if everything was normal and we were at the star we have ways of finding out who's there and who's not there but Good luck doing that when everything's happening over
4: the phone. I mean, I have no idea. Well, maybe I can tap those and get some information. Well, well, if he keeps hanging out with a certain wide receiver, he he likes to tweet everything. So then, you know, he will get to see what he's doing. (laughs) Good point. All right, uh, let's move on. Hold on, on, Derek. You think it's interesting that Dax said we need to get Dez on a team, not (laughs) the team, not this team, but a-, a team.
1: Well, I I don't. It might have been a Freudian slip. Like I don't I don't know that he was purposefully trying to do that. But um, it was interesting. It was interesting that he said A team and not <laughs> this team.
3: Oh well. What That's do you guys it. think, Dave, Amber? I I pointed that out last week when we talked about this. Yeah. I I mean I don't know. He's he's got the type of voice that. If he really wanted that to happen, he probably could make it happen, so read into that what you will. But you
0: see, when Dak speaks, he tries to be very political correct, you know, like he tries to be very neutral. So a comment like that, I I wouldn't read too much into it because it's coming from Dak. Now, I I want to ask you guys one thing because I've seen people kind of still asking about the contract situation with Dak. Like, what happens now? Uh, Until when does he have to sign the franchise tag? And as far as, like, if he doesn't sign it, what happens?
3: The tag deadline is July 15th at 3 p.m. Central Time. Um, Once that deadline passes, you cannot negotiate with the franchise tag player. Like, even if you wanted to give him the contract, you can't do it per league rules, which is why if nothing is agreed to by then, Dak will sign it because it's better to have $33 million guaranteed than nothing. Um, so they've got until July 15th to hammer something out, and if they don't, then he plays the season on the tag. Or, I mean, he could pull a levy on Bell and not play, but I just don't see that happening. So that also
1: means that the likelihood of him missing training camp is probably not there. It's not the same kind of situation as maybe what they faced with Zeke, right? right? Yeah,
3: not training camp, but I mean, we'll see how he wants to play it. But there's nothing forcing him to be part of any of this offseason stuff, right? But yeah, by training right. camp, who going to do: we're going to gonna go ahead. Sorry,
1: yeah, go ahead. Right. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, we're we're uh, gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about. Uh, the mock drafts, Dave and, uh, and, and uh, Nick, both put together mock drafts, a full seven rounds. We're going to let them go through those and tell us a little bit about what they, uh, what they think the Cowboys will do, and then Amber and I will tear that down. Uh, we we want to continue to uh, let you guys know and encourage you guys to stay home, stay strong uh, throughout this whole time that we're, we're spending in quarantine. Uh, we're going to take a break and come back. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio
3: new apartment's big such a great deal Uh, it's okay just okay what's not too? It's right above the subway
2: well i bet you don't even notice it after the
3: that's my neighbor angus a deal that's just okay is not okay get a great deal with america's best network come into an at&t store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for zero dollars down
2: The seek geek app and let's go.
3: tumblers at otterbox.com back to the break
1: here at the cowboys we can't wait to get back on the field and we know you can't wait to pack at and stadium to cheer us on when that time comes seat geek is the place to get all of your cowboys tickets plus tickets to the hundreds of games concerts rodeos and other live events we'll be able to enjoy again soon Every SeatGeek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek. Let's go. Welcome back to the break. We are live from our homes. Uh, SWBC Mortgage is still our sponsor, but we are all in our homes doing the break today, and we appreciate you guys taking some time to talk to us about Cowboys football. Uh, we're going to get into some mock drafts. Nick and Dave, uh, as well as a couple of other writers on our website, put together their own seven-round mock drafts. We're going to have Dave and uh, Nick run down their picks. So here's how we're going to do this. Nick uh, and Dave, I'm going to have both of you uh, go through and tell me your seven round pick. Uh, your seven rounds, I'm sorry. All the picks in your seven rounds. And then we have a couple questions we'll ask for, of each of you regarding uh, your, your seven round mac, uh, mock. I'm sorry. So let's start with you, Dave. Give me your your seven rounds uh, and the picks that you made.
3: Okay. Um... Uh, this it really stresses me out because in my opinion the Cowboys uh, they they say they've done a really good job in free agency and they did all right but I just there's a lot of holes that need to be addressed on this team and only so many picks to do it so um, I went with Grant Delpit at pick 17. In retrospect, I made we made these picks what a month ago. In retrospect. I don't feel great about it because I just don't trust that the Cowboys value the safety position enough to spend a top 20 pick. But if they wanted to, I think you could do a lot worse than Grant Elpit. He's got ball skills. Um, I know people are worried about his tackling, but he's a turnover machine. He's a versatile player. He can play in the slot, safety, probably even do some linebacker. Um, so he's my pick at 17. And then the quarterback situation terrifies me. I think pick 51 is a good sweet spot for cornerback. There's five or six of them that would make sense in that range. I picked Noah Igbenogany out of Auburn. Uh, I think he's a great man corner. He's got really impressive athleticism. Handled a lot of the best receivers in the SEC and did a great job with it. Pick 82. Little bit of a curveball because every draft has one. Like Offensive tackle is not a crazy need for the Cowboys, but If a guy like Sadiq Charles out of LSU is the best player available at 82, could get yourself a heck of a swing tackle and a potential air uh, to either of your tackle spots. I think that's good value. I think the Cowboys need to come out of the first four rounds with a wide receiver. I went with Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC, almost won the Bolitnikoff Award in college last year. I don't know how realistic it is in the fourth round, But as long as they find a receiver in the first four rounds, I think he could contribute in an early stage. I think Michael Pittman absolutely could contribute early. Uh, I rounded it out with my day three picks. Dane Jackson out of Pitt, cornerback. I would love it if they doubled up on the position. Um, He really impressed me at the Senior Bowl. Uh, James Lynch out of Baylor's, a big beefy D lineman that, uh, that we know that they've talked to. They've shown interest in him. And then I think, you know, like we talked about last week, they probably need a depth linebacker. Um, You know, not necessarily a starter, but a guy that can bolster that depth chart. So I went with Sean Bradley out of Temple in the seventh round. Um, I don't feel great about a lot of the names, but if they came out of the draft addressing all those positions, I'd feel decent about it.
1: I had a couple questions for you on that one, Dave. Uh, yeah. talk about the uh, the cornerback uh Noah and I'm not going to butcher his last name Igbinagni. Uh, tell me how he good Igbinagni Igbinamagen anyway. Um so tell me how he played against uh LSU and Alabama because obviously there are first uh, first round wide receiver projected first round wide receivers on both those teams. How well did he perform against those two teams
3: particularly? Uh, Honestly, that's what sold me on Noah is – and I don't say this because I'm a homer. You can go watch the tape. LSU embarrassed a lot of DBs this year. Um, Trevon Diggs out of Alabama is another cornerback that is in consideration as a first or second round pick. A lot of people don't like him, and I swear it's completely because LSU just torched him. I mean, he couldn't do anything with LSU's receivers. I thought Igbenogany played really well. He manned up on Jamar Chase, who was the Belitnikoff Award winner last year, did a really fantastic job with it. LSU only scored 23 points in that game. Easily their least explosive performance of the season. A lot of that is because Auburn's pass rush is so legit. Obviously, the Cowboys could use some help there as well. But Igbenogany, again, like they, they put him out there on an island against those guys, and he held his own. His parents were track stars. He's very athletic. Um, if you were going to draft him, I think you would do it with the idea that he would play a lot of man defense. Um, you know, he's not a can't miss prospect, or else he wouldn't be targeted in the second round. But I feel good that that he could contribute at an early stage of his career.
1: The other question I had for you is on uh, Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver from USC. Can he play the slot? Because that seems to be the position where the Cowboys really need some help.
3: Um, I mean, I'm not going to say he couldn't, but I don't view him as a slot receiver. He's a big-bodied outside guy. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. There's a dozen slot receivers that I think make more sense, but think about the fact that Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup can both move inside and outside. I think Back in the day, you were kind of hamstrung into pigeonholing these guys because guys like Des Bryant
4: Is didn't that him? Know. What's that? Is, it, is that him, number six, right there in the middle? Oh, I, t- I clicked away from our feed. Sorry. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's him. I guess that's it him? is. I mean, he's he's like leading the, the cheers there. I mean, I, I don't want him to step <laughs> in on Amari, Amari Cooper's role because that's exactly what Amari Cooper is going to be doing is sitting in the middle of the receivers <laughs> like that. He I was actually –
3: okay Pittman was one of the finalists for Jason Witten's Collegiate Man of the Year award. Like he's done a lot of stuff in the in the L.A. community.
4: It uh, seems to be a really. high Where's that going to be guy. hosted this year? Where's that going to be hosted this year? I I don't know. Vegas, I'm just derailing maybe. the whole thing. Sorry. I was people. about to say you just own yeah. one today, aren't you, Nick? I'm just. <laughs> I Still got the... your
1: toilet paper? You good? <laughs> uh,
4: we're we're. I haven't brought out the toilet paper yet. It's over there. So all right. All right, Dave, Nicholas, I am
0: in. paying attention to what you're saying. No, so. it's right. It's
3: okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Pittman's, <laughs> Pittman's not a slot guy, but Cooper and Gallup can both play in the slot, so I, it doesn't bother me as much, although there are other receivers that I think fit better here. Okay. Nick,
1: let's jump into your,
3: your mock draft. Give us your yeah, seven guys.
1: Yeah,
4: you know, I just like Dave, I took a safety there at 17. I don't know if I feel great about it now. Xavier McKinney at Alabama. Um I probably would rather have Delpit I think but but Xavier McKinney Why? Guy, I just because he's like on the cover of the magazine I guess that for us that I guess McKinney is too but I don't know just because Delpit he's he's been a a like better college player because he he's been a what two-time All-American and I would rather have him but I think McKinney uh you know he he's got some good size to him as well so if they go with the safety I don't think they can go wrong either one of those two uh, but when we do the, the next mock draft next week, I don't think I'll be picking Xavier McKinney. And I doubt that uh, Dave will be picking Delpit. But uh, in the second round, I went Cameron Dansler, a cornerback from Mississippi State. Uh, I know that Chris Richard's not here anymore, but I still think that they're going to probably go with that bigger corner. Al Harris was a big corner, and I think Dansler kind of fits that role, kind of tall and, and, and rangy. Uh, third round, Texas, Devin DuVernay. Um, I just think The speed track guy that I've been looking for For a long, long time I think he would be a perfect slot guy Good punt returner, kick returner Um, The fourth round I took The Missouri tight end And that's what I'm going to call him I think they call him Albert Um, (laughs) I'm not not even going to Even attempt for the last name Maybe Dave's got that one But um, you know, just just give him some depth there In the fourth round Uh, They tried with Dalton Schultz I don't think that really worked out Um, And you know i i could see them maybe taking another stab at it Blake Bell's going to be the second tight end but maybe a fourth rounder would, would work Evan Weaver in the 5th round if he if he's there i think he's a productive uh, linebacker at Cal I took McTelvin a from Arkansas cuz you have to take an Arkansas guy but um i i just think he's he's a he's a big defensive tackle that that's do you know he's kind of taking advantage of the fact that he wasn't invited to the combine until the last minute and he had a really good um i'm sorry senior bowl had a really good senior bowl there uh, and then in the seventh round, I just took a corner. Reggie Robinson from Tulsa, like Dave said, doubling up on a position of need. Uh, if you can get two corners out of this, I think that will be good.
1: Yeah, I see that both you and Dave went defense in the first two rounds. Are you guys convinced that uh, that this is going to be a defense-heavy? Because if you take defense first two rounds, to me, regardless of what you do the rest of the draft, it becomes defense-heavy.
4: Uh, do you guys, are you guys convinced yeah. it's going to be defense-heavy this year? I think we're all convinced on this show that it's going to be defense-heavy. Yes, I know how Amber feels.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, and they need it, they need it. But I, I have a different question. You both said that, well, you both went for a safety on the first round, and that was about a month ago, and you said that you don't necessarily feel the same as of right now. So, therefore, what would be your different pick at this moment that you think the Cowboys would go for? I'm thinking
4: receiver. I, I I don't know. I think Dave has got me brainwashed into thinking it's going to be receiver. Mm-hmm. Wait, I, but well, he's, he's not. Games. Ironically, you're I don't not even saying think that, that. But well, no, no, no. Brainwashed me to think that that's going to be the best value. That, that that's that's where at 17. That's that's where the the, the best guy's going to going to be. And you know, when you think about it from a standpoint of you need three receivers to play, and. He will be a starter. I mean, Randall Cobb was a starter. I, I why not draft a, a wide receiver there? I mean, I do think they need defensive, uh, uh, you know, playmakers, but I just think the value is going to be their Receiver. It just depends. Yeah, and it's, I, I
1: kind of.
3: No,
4: go ahead, Derek. Sorry. Go ahead, Dave.
3: No, go ahead. Go ahead. It's just it's really hard Dang, to peg. Go. It's really hard to peg how the picks like ten through seventeen are going to go. Um there's i mean there's there are three receivers that would be worth running to the podium to draft at 17. I don't know if any of them fall that far. How many offensive tackles go ahead of the Cowboys and push other players down the line? Same thing with quarterbacks. Like are there going to be three drafted in the first or you know three or four? Is Jordan Love going to be available when the Cowboys pick? Um if one of those three receivers is there, Ooh. I agree with Nick or mate, you know, you could talk me into Justin Jefferson easy. But the name that I just, the name that I keep coming back to is Caleb on chase on, And if he's there, his upside and natural talent, plus the fact that the Cowboys desperately need edge rushers, it just makes too much sense for me to ignore. But that's
1: where I have the question of, I think I've heard more, I've heard more potential downside for chase on than I've heard for either Judy or Lamb. So that's where I start wondering, is this a situation where the value of what you can get, I have a hard time thinking that if Judy or Lamb, and I like rugs too, but but I really think Judy and Lamb, if either one of them is there at 17, I'm hard-pressed to think that any other player that's there at 17 is a better talent than either of those two guys. And I still believe, personally, that the wide receiver position is a position of need for them, just like defensive end is, because right now, who are you going to run out there in three wide receiver
3: sets? Because I don't think they have that guy right now. I completely agree with you. And for the record, if CD Lamb or Jerry Judy is there at seventeen, that's who I would draft. I don't really think that's plausible. They're both way too good. I agree. And, and there's two. But many I've seen I've seen wide receivers.
1: receivers fall sometimes. Yeah, I've seen I've seen wide receivers fall sometime. And I think in a draft like this one, where everybody says. Man, you could get a, a wide receiver in the fourth or fifth round that may be a really great player. It does make me wonder if teams will say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and go with something else in the first round and and see how far I can go before I have to go with a wide receiver because I think I love a guy that I can get in the third round who might be just as as valuable to my team as if I were going to spend it in the first round.
3: That is, It is the ultimate test of like best available player versus do you draft for need because I feel way, way more confident that Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb will be a productive NFL player than Caleb Von chase on. And I also feel way better trying to trot Alden Smith and Randy Gregory out at right end than I do trying to work with what they have at receiver three right now.
4: Like, they have essentially nothing. So, right, I'm, I, I'm with you. Can I give my prediction of what what I think is going to happen though? Yeah. I think I think... At 17, we've seen this. I've seen this twice since I've been here, and I see it happening again. The Cowboys get to 17. The Utah State quarterback, right? Jordan Love. Yep. I think he'll be he'll be there, and I think Jerry will be on the phone trying to talk to somebody, maybe the Patriots, to see how bad somebody wants to take Jordan Love um, and try to move down. And try to you know, and and I think that when a guy when a team is going to get a quarterback, they pay a little bit more. I don't. I'm not saying I'm not saying trade this year's for for next year's one. I'm not saying that, but I could see them, you know, maybe moving back a little bit um, out of that spot to like collect some picks. Um, Would you guys
1: be disappointed in that? Especially if there's talent like let's say Chase on and one of those receivers is available at that point. Would you guys be disappointed if the Cowboys move back?
4: No, because what if you move back to 25 and still get Delpit or McKinney or, or one of the safeties you want, I, I, and, then, and then you picked up an extra second or third by doing so? I mean, you got to gotta see how it plays out. They were crucified for what they did in 2013, yeah. and, and to take a center and it ended up being arguably the best center in Cowboys history. So that's gonna I be the know. interesting. I mean, I,
3: That'll be the interesting thing for me, though, because obviously the pick worked out, but that was a bad trade. Like, the Cowboys didn't get nearly as much as they should have because they wanted to bail out of the pick more than anybody else wanted to come up. So if Jordan Love would be the player in question, they could stand to get a lot more out of the trade, which would be a lot more exciting. Um, I would be disappointed if they traded away from one of those three receivers because I think that's worth the pick but anybody else i mean i doubt it but chase could fall to 24 it's possible um and even if he doesn't yeah at 24 you feel way better about drafting a safety there are other receivers you could consider at 24 whether it's jordan jefferson or excuse me justin jefferson god there's so many jeffersons um <laughs> there's other cornerbacks jeff gladney you probably feel decent about taking in that range like I feel great about my options in a trade back, especially if I add, you know,
4: a second or third round pick to my to my draft haul. I I watched the TCU receiver Jalen Rager and I yeah. thought, man, he would fit he seems like he would fit perfectly in what they're trying to do. Um, I mean, yeah, he's too. a local guy, but I mean but I just got I not so much at seventeen, but maybe if he moved back. But well, Amber, you do you really defense. know
0: what they're trying to do though? Like that's my thing. I keep going back and forth on what I'm used to seeing from this team under Jason Garrett, and then now with Mike McCarthy, like, wh- like what side of the ball do they value more? Does he value more? You know, like what what does he feel that he needs to uh, make stronger? You know, because some teams prefer having a heavier defense versus an offense, and then some others go with offense and. Based on what we were able to see last year with what Kellen Moore was able to do with the offense and and making them number one around the league, so like, I don't know, I still feel, although they need a wide receiver for sure, I still feel that they can still make it happen without necessarily drafting a receiver in the first round.
1: And maybe so. Again, this is a draft that has a lot of receivers in it, so maybe third or fourth round is a place where they feel like they can get a guy that can come in and immediately start at a, in the slot. I mean, I, you guys know how much I, I have affection for Duvernay. There are other guys like that that will be available in later rounds that you could bring in and be an immediate player for you. Um, so maybe that is the route to go. I just feel like when you're talking about Judy and Lamb specifically, those two guys, in my opinion, are – talented to the point where you're getting a steal if you get them at 17. And, I thought, and that's yeah. where I feel like you just get – you go for the value at that point more so than you go for what you what you may think you need more.
4: I thought we had a really good uh, mailbag question uh, a couple days ago about that. And it was saying, you know, why do you have to go get a Cole Beasley or a Wes Welker or a Randall Cobb slot guy? Why don't you just get a wide receiver? If, if on third downs, if Amari Cooper or Gallup can slide inside to play that, they, they can. But, I mean, go get you a good wide receiver. It doesn't have to be 5'11", 180. And I thought that was a good point. I mean, we, we think about that, but, but you know, if you, you just need three wide receivers. And he's right, the, 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 the guy that asked the question, because Amari Cooper can play in the slot and so can Gallup. So I thought that was interesting that, you know, Duvernay and all that would fit perfectly and, and Jalen Rager. But if the guy's 6'4 and 220, I, I, the guy I'm thinking of is Iowa State. Is he in this draft, Dave?
3: Mm,
4: that but, was last year. Last year? Yeah. Oh. You know, whatever. They all Green run in in together. I'm yeah. thinking Lazard or something like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, that, that's the guy who plays for the Packers. I know, yeah, Butler. But I'm just thinking of a really big go-getter, you know, Des Bryant type guy. If he's there, hey, he could be the third receiver.
1: Yeah, and I'll say this. I don't think they have to get a, a slot receiver. I do think if you get somebody who's really good at it, like Duvernay, then that still would be good for your team because you can still leave those guys on the outside. Um, So I don't, I don't think you have to do it. That I agree with you wholeheartedly. You don't have to, and and that does give you some flexibility in what you might decide to draft uh, here at at the wide receiver position.
4: But you do need a punt returner. You you do need somebody that can do that. And and teach Pollard how
3: to do it. Teach Tony Pollard how to do it. You'll be fine.
4: I'm fine with that.
3: The guy, the guy you want to go watch Nick is Lavisca Chenault. Um, he's your big body guy, and
4: twenty
3: twenty-four would be yeah, twenty-four would be fine. Maybe a little early, but not the end of the world.
4: What are you gonna say? Is he a Dallas Day guy?
3: Uh, what, yeah, you, wasn't he a local guy? He's a Desoto guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. another I mean, thing I want to
0: talk about brainwashing. You guys are really switching my thinking over here. Like <laughs> I've been stuck with defense since forever with the freaking safety position, and then now cornerback—that's also an issue. But I, you guys like,
3: are <laughs> just think. I, I I got in this argument with Nui Scrubs on Twitter like last week. Think back to 2017. They fixed the defense in one fell swoop, and I mean like. They did a decent job. I mean, they found three starters in that draft, but they drafted Taco, they drafted Cheeto, Jordan Lewis, and even throw in Xavier Woods. What did those guys do as rookies? Like, they played and they contributed, but none of them was an every-game starter. You know, they had Xavier Woods playing nickelback just because injuries forced them to. Taco was rotational at best. Injuries... Kept Cheeto and Jordan from being full-time contributors. Now I'm at like so. Even if you go all defense, what are the odds that you're going to hit on guys that are just ready to go right away, as opposed to uh. drafting a third receiver who has two 1,100-yard caliber guys taking the pressure off him, a la Calvin Ridley in Atlanta two years ago, who had 800 yards and 10 touchdowns as a rookie. By the way, I just think. If you're looking for immediate impact, I think it's way more
4: likely you're going to get it from a wide receiver. You know, Dave, Dave, you just changed my mind actually by saying all that, and I go and now I'm going back to corner because you're right. All those guys they didn't contribute at all, and so where's my corner going to be? Second round, third round, yeah. fifth round, both. So no, he's got to be 17 then because he's got. I got to give him the best chance for my corner to come play because they picked on. Cheeto, who's my number one guy. Jordan Lewis is, you know, I think he's a good corner. and He's a playmaker, but I, I don't think he'd be great on the outside all the time. And Anthony Brown is Anthony Brown. I need a frontline guy. So, now I don't know if I can wait now on my corner. You made it such a good point, now I disagree with you now. That's what I, but me, I still well,
1: think that comes back to who's available on, to you yeah. at 17. What that cornerback corner is on. there? And if it's a cornerback that you think is as good as one of those other guys, then great. If not, I don't think you press for it. I think both of them are needs for you,
3: right? Reach. That's me reaching. you got to reach. It's it's a fascinating conversation. I I mean, they need to come out of this draft with a quality cornerback, a quality – they don't need an edge rusher, but it would be nice. They need need defensive backs and a receiver, and they need them to be good. Yep.
4: Yep. Center?
3: Those are positions
1: they need for this year. I will say this. You look at the defensive end position, there's still some guys in free agency – uh, that are still out there that that you could possibly pull in if you needed more help there. I don't know that you have the same that you can say the same thing about cornerbacks and wide receivers. So draft you is where you really have to get those guys at this point. Yep. I don't want right. to. Let's take our. Oh.
3: No, go ahead. I, Dave. You can take the break. It's fine.
1: All right, we'll take our final break when we come back. Uh, Amber has a game for us. We're going to jump into this game. Have a little fun here in this final segment. Uh, remember, we are live. In our homes, we're staying home. We're staying strong. We want you guys to continue to do the same. Uh, We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word jb. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter,
2: 10 bucks, free shipping. Whether you're into being a part of this <laughs> or more into something like this,
3: Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys.
2: Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh,
3: it's okay.
2: Just okay. What's not too. It's
3: right above the subway. Well, I bet you
2: don't even notice it
3: after the That's my neighbor. Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's best network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 September
4: 2019. Back to the break. This season, we're celebrating our Cowboys' 60th birthday, and we know you all have birthdays to celebrate, too. So our partners at Main Event are going to help. They have a new platform called Birthday With Me to celebrate at home on Instagram each day at 2 p.m., They've got cakes, candles, singing, happy birthday, everything you need. So follow Main Event on Instagram and tune in to their live story at 2 p.m. Central each day to celebrate with others. And that's Welcome. how you celebrate a birthday. That is Main how you event. celebrate
1: a birthday. Make sure you check it out. As soon as we can get back, uh, back out, I'm going to be uh, interested in catching up with you guys. And maybe we can go do some celebrating as well. We've missed some birthdays, I think, haven't we, in our group?
4: I got mine in March second, and then after that—that's that, all you care about. Care that's all, all I you care about. It just went upside down. The whole, the whole <laughs> world did. All
1: right, let's uh, let's jump in. Amber has a game for us. Let's uh, see what you got, Amber. What's in our what's in our game bag for today?
0: Well, it's just a usual co no little game. But before we get into that, I wanted to go back into the whole first round topic real quick. If the Cowboys wear. To select a defensive back with the first round. At this moment, which position do you think that has the most value, safety or cornerback? Because we keep going back and forth. So, based on on your observations of the team right now, what which one of those two positions do you think would be better for the team?
4: I'll say corner because I think. You know, Xavier Woods has started and haha Clinton Dix has started, and I think those two guys together, you know, are probably wouldn't be the worst duo in the NFL. Um, But Cheeto and Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown is your your three corners. uh, That that needs some work. And so I I would think there'd be more value at corner if you could get it. If it's even, if it's not even, then you want to take value.
1: I'm going to ask that question with a question. Dave and Nick, do you guys. The the only corner I've really heard that's that's uh, the caliber that would be selected at 17 is Henderson, uh, and questionable whether he'll be there. Are there other corners that would be in that range? Because if not, I don't think you reach for a corner. I think you take one of those two safeties, but are there other corners that would possibly be there if Henderson, let's say, is already gone that would be worth the 17th pick?
3: That's going to be a fun question for front offices to figure out. We As we all know, like – We can do all the work we want, watch all the tape we want, and you're still going to be wrong about the way one of these teams feels about a guy. Like a perfect example is the Oakland Raiders drafted Cleland Farrell out of Clemson, the pass rusher, fourth overall last year. Nobody in the media scouting community saw that as like a fit with his value, but the Raiders did. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there are cornerbacks – Trevon Diggs out of Alabama I mentioned him earlier Christian Fulton out of LSU is a guy we know the Cowboys have talked to they published the video with him uh, Jeff Gladney out of TCU those are probably the next three after Henderson and um, and obviously Jeff Okuda who they don't have a chance at it's just gonna be right. you know nobody you know nobody in the media thinks that it's worth that pick at 17. Uh, none of those three. But that doesn't mean the Cowboys won't feel that way. If Trevon Diggs just fits exactly what Al Harris and Mike Nolan think they want to do, then it might be worth it to them. Um, but if you're going based off of like the collective opinion of, of people, it seems like a reach if Henderson's not there.
1: And you would take one of the two safeties in that
3: instance before you would take one of those other three guys. Just in That's value. A- That's a really good question, honestly, because, like, I mean, cornerback is the more valuable position. The Cowboys aren't wrong about that. Like, they are right that cornerback is more valuable than safety. I just think they make a mistake because sometimes it seems like they think safety has no value at all. Um, I think Grant Delpit and Xavier McKinney are better prospects than those cornerbacks, but they play a least important position, so... That's a that's a really interesting debate. I think I would go with a safety, but if you're just convinced that Diggs can do what you want him to based on his athleticism and his track record, I can at least see the logic even if I don't agree with the decision.
0: All right, well, let's go ahead and start the game. I see a lot of people asking about Dak and the whole situation right now. So, C or no, would you entertain the idea of possibly trading Dak? C or no?
4: No. Yes, C. Entertain? Yeah, I was yeah, gonna I say. I'll entertain. Entertain <laughs> is a vague,
3: vague term. That's an easy out. Yeah, I'll entertain it. What am I getting? Okay,
0: uh, <laughs> you know, you know what that means, though. Like, would you be up for it? Uh, it, to actually make a move like that and and trade Dak and to go up and get more picks in the draft, obviously a higher one.
1: Okay, If it doesn't yeah. guarantee me a better quarterback. I'm not in. I'm not interested. And I mean, guarantee me a better quarterback. I'm not interested.
0: Okay. Well, I, I, I mean, just,
4: I, yeah, I think you listen. I mean, you, the price would be two firsts, two number ones, and and, and and two number ones. But it's not like it's the 28th pick this year, and probably the you know 28th pick next year. It's, I don't think that's what you want to do. I think it would have to be a team that's sitting at 12 or 13 that wanted to one of those guys to fall to them, and they didn't. So now they're offering you that, and then next year's number one. Think about that. I don't even know who that is. The twelfth pick in the draft, and and then next year's one. But but
1: Nick, that's where I look at it. And I say it's got to be a team that I think is one of the worst five teams in the league. Because if you're going to get a quarterback in the draft that's going to be replacing Dak, you're not going to strike. You know, you're not, not going to. You can't bet on the fact that you're going to that you're going to strike like like you struck with with Dak in the fourth round. Right. You need to be up there at the top of the draft. And so even at twelve. The likelihood that you're going to get a, a franchise-type quarterback at 12
4: is pretty... You're not. not it's unlikely. So, Dave, what yeah. would you do then? I know exactly so, what Dave would do. No, But here's the thing. What is it
3: about Dak that scares people and pisses people off so much? It's not his level of play. It's not his character. It's not any of that. Fans are absolutely terrified of cap hits decimating the ability to build a complete team, right? Like, if they could just keep having Dak on this cap hit, nobody would complain. (laughs) But if Dak's making 17% of the salary cap, that's when people start to get freaked because all of a sudden you supposedly can't surround him with talent anymore. So if I'm the Miami Dolphins and I have a chance to draft one of these three quarterbacks to play for me for five years at a ridiculously low cap hit – and build a ridiculously deep team around him, why am I giving that up to do the same thing? And, like, the Dolphins have cap space, but... So they're trading... You know, the Dolphins would have to give up two of their three first-round picks on top of some other stuff, and then pay Dak, and all of a sudden they don't have any of the flexibility that puts them in such an enviable position, which is why I just don't... I just don't think it's realistic, because... The teams that want quarterbacks would rather take their chances on a cheap one than turn around and have to pay a really expensive that's
4: why. I, that's why I didn't say five. I said 12. Those teams, that 12, they didn't get any of those three. So, and Derek said, no, He probably wouldn't do that. No. But, I mean, uh, what if you do that? What if you trade two number ones and then you get Cam on a one-year deal? <laughs> you, you immediately, Sam? I mean, oh is Cam... God. What? Is, you,
1: Cam, is Cam better than Dak? Does Cam have no. the the longevity of Dak? Like I, no, I think there are not. too many questions with 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 Cam right now for me to say I'm. That's going to be a, a chance I'm willing to
4: take. All not I'm only that, is, but is. is oh, go ahead. go ahead. I was just saying I would entertain it. And, and when, when you're talking about DAC, this will this will be my third one of the show. But when you're talking about DAC, I think the term entertain has been mentioned several times this week and I think that I would entertain just if someone wants to talk, yes, I'll, I'm gonna listen. You better come strong though because I'm not looking to, to part with him. but yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna call, you know virtually let's we'll talk. I'm not trading Dak
3: unless it leads me to a clear path for a potential upgrade. So, like in your in your theoretical world, they're trading. So they're getting the 12th pick in this year's draft. Okay.
0: Um, sure.
3: I, I yeah. just under Nick's scenario, yeah. And then the next year, I have to trade away a fortune to try to get up and draft Trevor Lawrence or something like that. I don't know because Cam. I know I was I expected expressed interest in him last week but like he's not the long-term solution to your quarterback problem so unless you give me a path toward one of the 3 in this year's draft or like Trevor Lawrence next year it's just not very enticing to me I'd rather you know one in the hand is worth two in the bush as they like to say Yep and and I, I mean part of that for me is I lived through years
1: of the Cowboys not having a quarterback if I'm a, if I'm a Cowboys owner or a decision maker with the Cowboys I never want to be back in that position because you have no chance of winning on Sundays when you don't have a quarterback in this league so I have a quarterback I feel like whatever his warts are I have a quarterback I feel good about that quarterback I'm doing whatever I have to do to keep that quarterback
0: all right, well, we've talked a lot about the, the defense and then also the wide receiver position. Do you see the Cowboys drafting an interior lineman uh, in the top four rounds? Mm.
4: You know, mm. I was about to mention that earlier about uh, what about Javon Kinlaw. We haven't really talked about him in that scenario, but I, I think the signings of McCoy and Poe, I'm not saying you don't draft a guy, but I think you can just get, get a good idea of what kind of d- tackle they're looking for. And I'm not sure Javon Kinlaw is that guy.
0: I'm talking about the O-line.
4: I thought you said D-line. Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. sorry. I thought you sorry, said D-line, sorry. too. Okay. O-line, first four O-line. rounds. Um, yeah. Maybe interior, a, a flexible guy that can play a little bit center and guard. I, if, if that's a good value, I could see that. Dave's got a tackle in the fourth round, right? Yeah.
3: If they're doing their if they are doing their job the right way, the only positions that should be off of the board, like just no consideration at all, is running back. That's the only position that they should just be like, no, we really can't justify that this early. Everything else is on the table. They don't have a proven swing tackle. They just lost their all-pro center. They don't have a slot receiver. They only have two defensive tackles. They don't have a right end. Their cornerback depth chart is shaky, and both of their starting safeties are on one-year deals. Like, You could convince me to draft anything, and if they're being true to their board, yeah. they shouldn't rule out anything except running back because I can't see
1: that. I will say this, though. <clears throat> if you're talking about priorities, I think uh, offensive linemen would be a lower end of the priority because I think when you start thinking about like a swing tackle, I think those are guys that you can look out on free agency. There will be guys. I guarantee there will be guys that when the cow, I mean, when the NFL teams make their final cuts, there'll be some veteran guy that will be a, a swing tackle type that the Cowboys could go out and get. So I, I don't, I don't put this, this in the context of as important as trying to get another receiver or trying to get a cornerback or a safety or even a defensive end for that matter. Uh, but yes, I, I agree with you, Dave, from the standpoint that there's really not any, there's no position other than running back, and you could actually convince me that fullback, you might, maybe you should there's no position other than a uh, tailback that I think the Cowboys shouldn't at least give some thought to if there's value there
3: I'm not going to be the least bit surprised when some front office and coaching types tell us not to sleep on Brandon Knight just for whatever that's worth um but yeah I mean I could make a case for just about any position at any range of the draft
0: All right. Do we have time for another question or no? Yeah,
3: do yeah, let's it. let go one more.
0: All right. Well, do you think, uh, based on everything that has happened, obviously there's no point because we can't go back in time anymore, but do you think that the, the fact that the Cowboys coaching staff did not go to the combine will play a role into how that it's going to affect them in the long run? Due to the fact that there are no many pro days happening or any of that stuff.
3: Well, they went to the combine. It was the Senior Bowl that they skipped. Um,
0: sorry, sorry, the Senior Bowl. Oh, that's.
3: A, I mean, yeah, it's it's not. Well, no, no, honestly, the fact if they had missed the combine, yeah, like uh, you know, the Denver Broncos and the LA Rams didn't send their staffs to the combine. I do wonder if they regret that now because that's 45, 50 interviews that their coaches didn't have a chance to be a part of. I'm sure they filmed them, but still not the same. Um, I think that's going to be a challenge for every team in the league is is a very limited opportunity to get your hands on these guys. I mean, you can't do it at all. All you got is is video calls, which seems like a poor substitute. So this draft has a lot of potential for
4: wonkiness, in my opinion. And let's also be clear about the senior bowl. Uh, the scouts were there and you know, the, the coaches the coaches were not the scouts were there and and I think that you know With the senior bowl mostly we're talking about, you know Mid-round or maybe second round guys There are some some first-rounders for sure But I think that it'll just weigh a little bit more on the scouts, which I'm not sure is a bad thing So that it's not like they just totally neglected the senior bowl But I just think from some of those players the coaches are allowed to rely on the scouts.
1: Yeah, you know, I am interested to see if this year in the draft uh, teams come out of the draft feeling like, you know, maybe in the future we ought to not go to some of these things and not put as much into all these interviews because when you think about it, all you do when you start getting to this point of the draft or the draft process is you talk yourself out of what you've already seen on tape, right? And and I wonder if a lot of teams will come out of this saying, you know, we're going to rely a lot more on what a guy did on the field then we're going to rely on these other things. We'll still have some interviews with them virtually. Uh, We'll still get their times and stuff like that. But spend a little less time on that and maybe a little more time on just the film and how they actually performed when they were playing football. I wonder how many teams will come out of this and feel like they drafted better doing that than uh, than all the other things that they would typically do in a draft season.
3: I think there's something to be said for that, but – I I think about the 30 visits, and we all know how important that's been for the Cowboys. And I can't tell you how many times over the last, like, six, seven years I've heard a drastically different opinion post-visit as opposed to pre. And, I mean, the tape is what matters at the end of the day, but you get a chance to spend 18, 24 hours with these guys – And they can either impress you, or in some cases, I've even heard of just completely turning the entire organization off based on the way they handled themselves. And I think I think teams still really value that, and I think they miss it right now because I just don't think you can get the same experience over a Zoom call. But my question for that would be how many times was that? that Well, I
1: was going to say my question for that is how many times would that has that been right though? Has that proven to be right? The impression that you got of the guy when you met him changed your opinion. Did he end up being a, a really good player, and you thought that maybe he wasn't, or did he end up being a poor player, but he convinced you how good of a person he was that you went ahead and drafted him? So again, I don't know if that necessarily is a, even a good thing for them uh, when you look at the overall of how this is, you know, how this all turns out. What'd you say, Amber? I'm sorry, Brett, for cutting y'all
0: no i was just i was just gonna say not that this happens a lot but an example is when you look at what happened with taco charlton and and just you know i think those interactions are important because in the long run you saw how that played out like he did not fit with this group of guys and, and their dynamic. And I think that was the biggest issue with him, aside from his on-field performance, was more being a part of the group and clicking with them. And I know from previous conversations that I've had in the past with Will McClay, I know that they value a lot those like personality assessments and, and just getting to know the players and just really seeing how that person would fit into the group and seeing how that plays out. I, I think that that that's a lot. And me, I always talk about analyzing players and the way they move, the way they talk, the way they carry themselves. I think it does play a big role.
1: It'll all be interesting. We'll see how it plays out this draft because every team, Every team in the NFL will have the same situation uh, where they will not have been able to do the same sort of in-person due diligence that they've done in the past. But it will be an interesting uh, interesting experiment. We appreciate you guys joining us. We are back next Wednesday, our normal time, 11 a.m. Till then, we want you guys to stay home, stay strong. For Nick Eatman, Dave Helm, and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio.